Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Up in Your Business with Perry McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and always informative weekly blog. There you'll read, learn, and make comment about her life as a 21st century wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. Also, you may simply like FlagandBanner.com's Facebook page to watch our live stream and receive timely notifications of upcoming guests. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you, Gray. You'll quickly recognize the name of my guest today. Mr. Ned Permy, because he's had an on-screen career that spans many decades. Ned's achievements include 14-time recipient of the annual Best Weathercast Award by the Associated Press and the Edward R. Morrow Award for Best Music Video. Yes, Ned is an accomplished pianist, having written and composed the song Christmas Time in Arkansas Again, which garnered him a Regional Emmy Award nomination. And his first CD, Songs of the Season, a collection of Christmas songs, raised over $50,000 for the National Kidney Foundation of Arkansas and the American Heart Association. Today, this uber-talented weatherman is pursuing another passion. He's making art and displaying his painted works at the Art Group Gallery in West Little Rock, Arkansas. It is a pleasure and a privilege to welcome to the table the talented and hardworking retired meteorologist and friendly face, Mr. Ned Permy. Thank you, Carrie. Everybody recognizes that voice. Well, I I guess you found all that information online somewhere. I was going to, if I'd known, I'd said just condense it a little bit. You no, know? <laughs> but you've got a I great, you're welcome. You have been uh, on air for over 40 years, and we've just got to know, after 40 years, what is it like, life after being the nightly weatherman? Um really wonderful it really is <laughs> uh, i love every single minute of it and a lot of people might be might think that that's all oh, that couldn't be true you've been on the air for 41 years being on tv was never really that big of a deal with me uh, it really wasn't something that i that was very important it was my job and i loved what i did and i did it well for 41 years but it was changing. The whole business is changing, just like the newspaper business has changed so much. Mm-hmm. And television has changed a lot over the years. And I was I, I looked at myself and at my age and um, I just said, you know, I've been so blessed and lucky because I was able to get in this business at the perfect time. And I'm going to be able to get out at the perfect time. <laughs> and so that's... Why is that? That's why, really... Why, why is it getting out now the perfect time? It just is. It's just right. There were a number of reasons. Um, the, the business is changing a lot mm-hmm. when it has changed with the, you know, with the satellites and cable and so many uh, different media sources. And mergers. And, and mergers. And, and we were bought five years ago by Sinclair Broadcasting, who's the largest owner and proprietor of uh, local television all over the country. I and thought you were supposed to be able to do that. I thought that, that there was rules about being able to 
just have so many in a certain market. Yes. I think there are still some rules about it, but it has relaxed quite a bit. Because the fear is propaganda can be can can come from one source and be countrywide and mm-hmm. and create strife in our country if you only have a few media sources. Right. So you want to keep it very diverse so that there's never one group that controls what the masses think because we're sheep and we just follow well, you know? if you look at the way politics has gone over mm-hmm. this past 10 years or so with the media outlets and, say, Fox News mm-hmm. compared to MSNBC, mm-hmm. I mean, it's become quite politicized. Mm-hmm. It really has been. Mm-hmm. Back when we were younger, you know, it was like Walter Cronkite and Day- and Tom Brokaw and uh, – and it's twenty John Chancellor, and, and you were just kind of getting the news. But the news really has become slanted, and that's just the way things are right now. And it's 24-7, so yeah. there's not, it's hard to find enough to talk about. So they just ramble and get people worked up. But you also play the piano, and now you're an artist. But before we get to any of that, I want to start at the beginning. You were born and attended college in Alabama. And you have a degree in communications, and you're one of the few people that I actually know that went to school and got a degree in something that they actually ended up working in for all of their life. Well, the reason, uh, the, the biggest thing that helped me so much in the business that I went into and eventually into meteorology is knowing how television worked, is knowing behind the scenes. I started out as working in a studio, running camera, doing lighting and running audio and then directing and directing commercial production and directing newscasts and all during that. During high school, after college? It was after, during college and after college. But how did you know going into college that you wanted to work in communications? At first, I didn't. When I first went in, I wanted to – I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. What? (laughs) Well, it's because my father was a lawyer, my grandfather was a lawyer, my uncles were lawyers. There's lawyers in my family. And and when you grow up, they kind of look at you like, well, you're probably going to want to be a lawyer. And Mm – once I started in school, I started taking some of the pre-law prerequisites, mm-hmm. and I quickly found out that I was not the least bit interested in it. And then I just kind of fell into a few courses in broadcasting, and uh, from that, I just fell in love with that whole thing and knew right away that that's what I wanted to go into. So is your parents uh, trial lawyers? No. he was. My father was a uh, corporate lawyer. For uh, He started out with the White Motor Company in Cleveland, Ohio, mm. and the White Motor Company went into Freightliner, and, um, uh, and then basically he used his law degree, like many people do, to advance into business. And so he, he eventually bought a white dealership, which is basically a car dealership mm-hmm. for trucks. The big trucks, Mm -hmm. and they have them around Little Rock too. You know Kenworth and other dealerships, and they they sell trucks and they service trucks and they have parts departments. And but you're in Ohio. I well, I was actually born in Cleveland. And your daddy is an entrepreneur. Yes. How did you end up in Alabama? Because when I when I was, um, my family was all in in Cleveland. Okay, mm-hmm. but my my family also my grandfathers my great uncles they all were they all went to Notre Dame and this is a long story short 
but they were big sports people. And um, my great uncle, Don Miller, was one of the four horsemen of Notre Dame. And so I have huge history mm-hmm. with Notre Dame, right? And right. so I was going to be a lawyer and I was going to go to Notre Dame just like everybody else in my family. And, and uh, so I went and I hated it. And there were, you know, 30-story dormitories and classrooms full of 250 to 300 people. And it just wasn't for me at all. And so I decided to uh, do the exact opposite. And when I was in high school, there was my English teacher in high school was a priest who I was at an all-boys Catholic school. And he accepted the job as director of admissions for Spring Hill College in Alabama, Mobile, Alabama. And he got in, got a hold of me and said, because he knew I wasn't happy about wanting to go to Notre Dame. And he said, why don't you come down here and see this place? And so instead of going to a huge school like Notre Dame. And following in a legacy. And following in a legacy, I went the exact opposite and went to a small Jesuit school in mobile and at the time had about 900 students in the whole thing but i loved it and i was 50 minutes from the beach yeah which i love that even more yeah and i just stayed down there and started my career down there at, at wala tv which is the nbc affiliate that's how it's so your family didn't live in alabama you no. grew up in cleveland ohio mm-hmm. and you ended up in alabama it's... i left when i was 17 well now we know why you're, you're a tanner yeah. everybody always talks about your tan. Well, well, now we know why. You would tie it to your college days. <laughs> it goes back a long ways. It's probably catching up with me 50 years of being in the sun. You know, it can you look great. Your first job was behind the scenes, you said. Mm-hmm. at these. So you get out of college, you're in communications, and you're carrying around those heavy cameras. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, But I was working in the studio, and that's where I really um, – I really loved working and, behind the scenes. Yeah, and but before I went into back up a second, mm-hmm. before I went into television and got my first job in production and television, I actually was on the radio. So I had a job as a DJ at the school campus. No, it was in a, a regular uh, five thousand watt radio station in Fairhope, Alabama, right across from Mobile, across Mobile Bay. Did you just apply for the job or was mm-hmm. it word of mouth? No, I applied for the job. I left I, I left school for a semester. My mom and dad weren't real happy about that. But the only way that I knew I was going to get into television is get some experience. So you left school for a semester? Mm-hmm. I think it radio. might have been two. I think it was just one semester, maybe have been two semesters, and got a job in radio and worked uh, oh, I, here in radio. I, maybe the guys will understand, but <laughs> I worked the morning show on air from 6 a.m. Playing music? Yeah, playing music, the morning DJ from 6 to 10. And then I would leave, and then there would be a talk show like this that the owner of the station did every day and then it was news at noon and then another small show and then i came back at three in the afternoon and closed up split signed off it was a split shift shift. it sure was all right this is a great place to take a break uh when we come back we'll continue our conversation with katv's retired chief meteorologist and weatherman ned permy we will dig deeper into his many faceted career public personalities sports casting now i know why he did sports casting he's got a history of it music and his love of art we'll be back after 
the break. Are you video conferencing at home? Flagandbanner.com has a home office backdrop for you. Choose between industrial chic, cozy den, or the bookworm. All in stock. Order online at theflagandbanner.com or come by the showroom. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30 and Saturday, 10 to 4. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with KATV's retired chief meteorologist and weatherman Ned Permy, who is a lot more than just that. We've already heard that he comes from a family of lawyers, that he was admitted to Notre Dame, and that he just didn't fit into that cookie-cutter mold, and he ended up leaving his family from Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, going to school at a small did you say Jesuit school mm-hmm. in, of 900 people in Mobile, Alabama, where the where it was 50 minutes from the beach and bikinis? <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. Uh, so we talked about what you did when you got out of school, what you worked behind the scenes and enjoyed being behind the scenes for TV. Uh, I don't know. I guess it was a news show you were behind the scenes on. Mm-hmm. But suddenly you're now out front. That's uh, what radio did. When I was in radio, before I went into television and was behind the scenes in television, I spent two, two and a half years in radio mm-hmm. in Fairhope, Alabama, and went back to school and kept my job in radio. So there's a lot of work going on there. So I was a full-time student trying to finish up, mm-hmm. and then I was working in the radio station at, at the same time. Um, but radio taught me what I love to do because I enjoyed being on the air and I knew that I was, I was pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. And so when I got into television, I was doing something that I loved too. I was doing all the behind the scenes stuff. I was directing news and I was doing commercial production and audio and lighting and camera and all that stuff. But I kind of missed being on the air. Mm -hmm. And so then the opportunity came up for me to begin to learn from one of the other weather weathermen mm-hmm. at the station how to do it. And that's how it started. He got sick one day and they said, hey, Ned, can you stand in? What happened is the guy that I, one of the guys that was there left and went to Orlando, Florida, and it created an opening. And so I started doing weekend weather in Mobile. But... I was also still directing the weekend news. To run in front of the camera and run behind the camera. Pretty much. <laughs> what you know what I would do? Uh-uh. I w- I would direct the weekend news, but I also did the weekend weather during the newscast. So I taught the audio guy what buttons to push. I oh. went down into the studio and I re- he recorded me doing weather, and then during the news I would direct the news and when it came time for weather i would play myself back <laughs> oh so it was all recorded it was all recorded pre-recorded yeah but it, but recent it wasn't like right I that did day it an hour day of, before yeah uh, yeah it was maybe 30 minutes before the show started i would do i would record the weather weather was so different back then it was a guess it was like throwing a dart yeah. at the board weather was so different when i started here yes in little rock no doctor there was, radar it was just antiquated it was nothing it was and i went back on youtube after i retired and looked at some of those old i mean you can find so much stuff on youtube Mm -hmm. i looked at some of our old newscasts and things back even 
like the severe weather outbreak of 1997 or 1999, it still was like, oh, my gosh, we didn't have anything back did, then. Did you have Doppler radar? Yeah, we, but not when I first started mm-hmm. here back in 1984. When did we get Doppler radar? Well, we had something like, but it wasn't Doppler. Doppler was not commissioned and didn't come into an existence until probably the late 80s. Okay, so mm-hmm. Doppler radar went into all the National Weather Service offices probably, I, I think, around 1988 to 90. And they um, didn't have teleprompters when you started in the business, did oh, they? Oh, they did. They did. They did but or I did didn't, not? I've, I've never used a teleprompter. It's and a, none of the other weather people in this market or at Channel 7, the weather people don't use teleprompters. I think it's interesting that, that – you know the TV, the, the the report, the news reporters. They get the anchorman. They get to read the teleprompter, and then they turn to the weatherman. And it seems like they're not as important because they're doing the weather, but they actually have the harder job. They have to do lots of research to get ready to go on. They have to ad lib the whole time. They have to point at a green map on the wall by looking somewhere else. It's just a blank green screen. Is all it is. And it's the hardest job there. It's there's a, a learning curve. That's for sure. But uh, I enjoyed not having to read a prompter, and I really enjoyed, uh, you know, just talking ad-libbing off the top of my head. And and when we would – the thing about it is, people might not understand, at least for me and I think for pretty much everybody, during the afternoon before the shows, before the newscasts and the weathercasts, we're at computer systems and we're putting together all of this stuff. So as we're putting together all of these maps and all of these graphics and all of the stuff, all of that that I've already put together and thought about in my head, and when I see it on the screen and I'm going through it, it, re- it kind of triggers what to talk about. So Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It's exactly so, like this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do all the research before and then when you when when you're live you're like oh yeah that reminds yeah. me of all the stuff you read about mm-hmm. you, so speaking of that let's how did you end up going from alabama on the tv there as a weatherman to a job offer in arkansas and taking it how did that come about the beach what do you it disappeared no. <laughs> or what no uh <laughs> You when left I, the beach. No, I know. How, do, how, I, got, how I got here? Yeah, we don't have a beach up here. I know that. So, yeah, but yeah. it happened on the beach. And what, oh, I, mean what I mean by that is back in the early 80s, something happened to television stations called microwave trucks. And microwave trucks would allow people to go out live into the community and do news or weather wherever. And as long as they could beam a microwave signal back to the tower and back to the station, they could go live anywhere. Now, you don't see them anymore because nowadays you don't really need microwave trucks. You're using your phone signal now. So it's very sophisticated. But back in the day, I was able to go out live and do the weather on and the beach on the beach and i would go to the beach or i would go to where things are happening and what happened was some of the people from channel 7 television here including i believe bob Steele, which was the assistant news director at the time he would travel with his family down to pensacola or fort walton beach and turn on the local news and watch me doing the weather out live and they hadn't really started doing that here, but apparently he liked what he saw, and they called and asked me if I would be interested in coming to Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, I had just kind of started down there. So I said, 
Okay, well, let me think about it. Okay, I've thought about it. No. (laughs) (laughs) He said, okay, let me make you a bigger offer. Well, so what happened was I just didn't at the time, it just, I wasn't ready to move. I just started in Mobile and I loved it. I loved the beach where I lived and everything. And I I was just starting out. And um, I didn't really know anything about Little Rock, Arkansas. It didn't sound, you know, like a lot of people very have very much of misconception of about what this place is mm-hmm. but um and it's a shame but anyway so no i didn't i didn't go and they hired another weather guy and he came in for 15 months and he was gone and the problem channel 7 was having is that they were having trouble keeping weather people they would come in they would leave they would go on one would become go to med school or they just they just it was a rotating door of weather people back in the early 80s and so Hmm. when this other guy they hired left they called me again 15 months later and went are you sure you wouldn't mind just taking a look at this place and i went okay i think i'll look at it and one reason why i looked at it is because my main competition in mobile alabama was the weather guy on channel five and i was on channel 10 he was my main competition well he got out of the weather business and went into promotion and lo lo and behold 15 months later he's my boss he's my news director so my main competition was now my boss so that's when i went maybe i'll just go look at this job in little rock Mm -hmm. and i came here and very simply i i just loved the place and yeah i really did it It was just a bigger city than i thought it was was going to be and it just had you know beautiful symphony orchestra and it had about and it had you know the arkansas ballet and it just not that i'm crazy about that stuff but i liked the fact that this was kind of a sophisticated city and i didn't realize it like many people don't many people think it's kind of backwards i hate to say that but um so i loved i loved what it looked like i loved the television station and i could tell that they 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 really wanted me to come to work that's 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 so sexy when people really want you and they really want you to come to work there it's hard not to say yes yeah they they made it hard not hard i mean everybody wants to be you know appreciated and wanted and i mean when you know uh you wore many many hats yeah. tailgate parties at the yeah. high school that yeah i would i did that for almost 30 years 29 years um but i would go to all the high school games and just root with the cheerleaders and rev everybody up for that friday night football game and i love doing that and you did the uh, weather from there yeah, for mm-hmm. for years, mm-hmm. uh, but that was a lot of fun, and they they let me keep doing it, even though I was getting older and older. And I guess, I guess they figured that grandpas can have school spirit too, so I kept on doing <laughs> Sometimes it. Sometimes they have more, actually, yeah. especially with your granddaughters out there. But I I love doing that, and uh, so. fourteen time recipient of the annual Best Weathercast Award by the Associated Press. Mm-hmm. Yep, very very blessed with that and that was just being picked by by all of our peers that's a wonderful feeling again what happens is people in other markets other people like they'll will channel 7 or channel 11 or channel 4 will submit 
all kinds of broadcast tapes and all sorts of stuff that other markets will look at, and then they decide who's best in that market. So. And then somewhere in your career, you had to become a meteorologist because that's what you, it was mm-hmm. originally a weatherman, and we yeah. actually talked a little bit about this on a previous show, but I don't think our listeners have heard that. What year was it that the meteorologist? They they really became important. They they, were, they pretty much were non-existent. You know, they were just weathermen on TV. But the whole thing was so antiquated, and was there was no technology involved hardly at all. And I had a big cardboard map of the United States, and I would put clouds on it and draw fronts, and it was crazy. Um, but I there was about that. yeah, but there were no um, no meteorologists on TV, and they didn't really start coming in until technology started getting a little bit more sophisticated, and severe weather was beginning to get more and more important, and so that's when that happened. And so 90s? I think in ninety four. I, I had to go back to what school. What happens when we're having a snowstorm and uh, you have to be on air for hours and hours and hours? Do you sleep at the station? Snowstorms aren't as bad as severe weather situations. Okay. Um, Do you sleep? But if at the... a snow, if if there was a snow event, I would go downtown and stay, stay in the hotel, and, and so I could walk to the station. But severe weather events, um, they're there uh, for long, long. And we're talking about tornadoes. Yeah. When we, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with the KATV's retired chief meteorologist and weatherman, Ned Permy. We'll dig deeper into all of the things about him, his music and his art, or what we're going to talk about next. And if he's got any advice for any upcoming want-to-be meteorologist and on-air personalities, I want to remind everyone, after each show's airing, a podcast is made available on all popular listening sites and YouTube. Flagandbanner.com is proud to sponsor Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. TheFlagandBanner.com is so much more than a flag store. Housed in a 100-year-old building in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas, we offer an old-school shopping experience with free front door parking, friendly clerks, and department store variety. July 4th is right around the corner. Now is the time to decorate your home for the patriotic season. Freshen up your front porch with bunting, full fans, and flags. Bring your old flag into flagandbanner.com and receive $5 off a new one. While there, browse our rustic farm-to-table home decor, patriotic clothing, jewelry, party supplies, and summertime dishware. Add a pop of color to your walkway with our seasonal garden banners and door hangers. Can't make it downtown? Don't worry, the internet never closes. You can always browse our website 24-7 and live chat during office hours with customer service representatives that are eager to help you. And if online shopping isn't your thing, call our customer service experts, available by phone six days a week. Quality products, expert service, outrageous support. TheFlagandBanner.com. So much more than a flag store. With different businesses slowly getting back to open hours for the public, You need help in encouraging your employees and your customers to stay safe by supporting social distancing. TheFlagandBanner.com has social distancing floor decals. See all the styles we have and the uses for them at FlagandBanner.com. And don't miss the 20% off in-stock merchandise coupon code on the website. It's easy to find. And remember this, if you're working from home and attending online meetings, FlagandBanner.com has the office backdrop you need to look professional and ready to work. 
theflagandbanner.com. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with KATV's retired meteorologist and weatherman, Ned Permy, who also happens to be a pianist. We're going to hear his song that he was nominated for an Emmy Award for. Uh, It's called Christmas Time in Arkansas again. Before the break, we talked about what it's like to be a meteorologist for 40 years. I forgot all about that. You used to take little clouds and stick them on the map and go, clouds over here. Mm -hmm. And then you'd put a little rain. And we did national news, mostly. I mean, national weather. We talked about what was coming into California. it wasn't much local except just maybe the forecast at the end. And uh, now, I mean, it's just we were ba- basically had a three-day forecast back then. And now what is seven, eight, nine, ten-day ten forecast mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. And fairly accurate too, you know. Oh, very accurate. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed how accurate it is. Uh, we have not talked about, but a lot of people know this about you because if they've, cause you, they've seen you. You're a great pianist. Well, thank you. You really are. And I remember a lot of specials on TV with you. Have you ever played with the symphony? No, but I've played with, on on the Alp, uh, my first CD that I put out, I think in 2003, I played with the symphony um, Quapaw Quartet. So some of the strings, mm -hmm. they they played on my album. And, um, but... Uh, it's just it's actually something that I brought to Arkansas from when I was in Mobile. I did that when I was in Mobile. I would play at the end of the newscast, um, play Christmas music during Christmas week, <clears throat> and it became pretty popular. And so I brought that here and began doing that here at, at Channel 7. Just wrap your head around this. When it was stormy weather on the beach, he's out on the beach doing the weather. And when it's Christmas time and he's indoors, he's playing the piano at the end of the segment. No wonder Little Rock wanted you so bad. <laughs> I would hire you. I would be begging you to come oh. up here and add some. It was just something it, it, something that I could do that I enjoyed. And it was something that's, that was different. When did and you whenever start, you're uh, dealing with Christmas, you're touching people's hearts. Mm-hmm. you know. So When did you start playing it? When you, did your mother give you piano lessons as a young child? I've never taken a piano lesson. You're one of those. Mm, unfortunately, or fortunately for me. Fortunately. Um, Gray over there shaking his head. But, uh, now, I don't really like to tell young people that because um, let's say if I took piano, I probably would be a much better piano player. Maybe not. I don't know. But the reason that I was happy about not playing taking piano is because I was able to improvise and by not being stuck to the music and reading the notes and playing the notes on the page <laughs> I was able to just go off and do and and create and, free-flowing and, yeah play music and improvise and things like that I don't and, think Elton John reads music I, I don't know. We'll have to Google that. That's what they make Google for. Uh, so we are going to play. You were uh, you wrote Christmas Time in Arkansas again, a song, and I think it got you a regional Emmy Award nomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hear a little bit of it. Now, now. this is no, not wait. me singing, okay? Do this, you sing? No. Okay. This is a, a was a good close friend of mine. When I first came to Channel 7, he was doing some advertising work for Channel 7, and he wrote subsequent came one of the state songs oh arkansas spirit spirit of What's arkansas his, name? his name's terry rose all right terry rose singing with ned permy playing me playing this is like christmas in june <laughs> 
day in the Ozarks Firewoods burning, sending up sparks Racing across the winter sky I always get this feeling Comes around this special season Arkansas and Christmas time Soon the family will gather It's great to be together Oh, how I've missed my ma and pa Oh, that's you right there, Mrs. Pa He's an Arkansas The smell of country cooking Don't go too far looking Cause the best is Christmas time In Arkansas The snow is dancing off the pine It's a natural state of mind It's family, it's sharing with our friends You need only follow your heart Right back to the start to Christmas time in Arkansas again. You can get out anytime. All right, that's it. <laughs> that was so good. That brings back a lot of memories. We hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just uh, I, I enjoyed um, writing the the music and the. Did you write the words? Mm-hmm. Wrote the wrote the music and the lyrics. So when I heard the words, I'm listening more intently than I ever have in the past when I've heard that song. Uh, Miss uh, the cooking, the southern cooking. Mm-hmm. You like the southern cooking? Yeah, I like. Uh, I'm uh, actually try to watch my weight, you know, quite a bit. So I'm not a big foodie, to be honest with you, because television. You, when I was in TV, it made you, you know, gained. It looked like you ten mm-hmm. pounds heavier mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm. So is that uh, true? I didn't know if that yeah, was really it true. Yeah, it is kind of true. Uh, you also had a CD, Songs for the Season, a collection of Christmas songs, and you raised over $50,000 for the Kidney Foundation of Arkansas and the American Heart Association. That and seems... then the, the next year, I did another CD, Spirit of Christmas. Are you still writing and composing? Um, no. No. I I did those two two CDs, and they were, they were wonderful, and we distributed them through uh, USA Drug and... Uh, Back when they were in existence, and mm-hmm. uh, so it was great. But now people don't buy CDs anymore. Mm-mm, they they just don't. don't. Um, are you composing at all of anything? Are you playing the piano? I I actually love playing that song that we just heard with mm-hmm. my band every year. Well, so let's talk about your band. What's their name? The Ned Permi Band. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> no, but we've played. Uh, I've I've been for the last six, probably six years. I've got a group of musicians that uh, I love to play with, and, what do y'all and they play? followed kind of, they what? followed me around. So, uh, what kind of music? It's country, country really? music, mm-hmm. and uh, so we've done a bunch of big fundraisers, and then we brought a Christmas, a really good Christmas show, for three years to the Hot Springs Convention Center. That's and nice. We would have headliners and a lot of guest artists that would be with us. You're also an artist. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. talk about that. I saw you uh, probably six months ago. I was down at KATV, and you were doing the weather for Barry Brandt, who was on vacation. And you are you 
whipped out your phone and started showing me pictures of your art and told me you were going to retire soon and you were going to be doing this all the time and i said oh you've got to come on the radio with me let's talk about your art you're just you're showing at um the art group the the art group gallery i've i've actually uh, i've been an artist for 18 years so it's not something that has just happened i started learning um uh, and taking instruction about 18 years ago. From the Art Center? Uh, no, uh, originally from a place out in West Little Rock called The Mansion. They're not in, in existence anymore. But we were a group of artists that were taking instruction at this place, and we were there for a couple of years and learning and learning and going like at least, I think, two or three times a week. I was going to instruction and just learning the whole process. It started out in pastels and um, then all of a sudden the business went out and one of the artists moved to Florida and teachers mm-hmm. and the other teacher moved back to Searcy, closed the business. And here are all these artists standing around going, well, now what do we do? Because the business just went out and we've just started learning all this good art and how to do it. And that's when we formed the art group. And so I was a founding member of the art group and the art group gallery, which is now the art group gallery, LLC. And it has morphed from a hobby into a business. And so that's where we are right now. We're, we've been together for f- almost 15 years as the Art Group Gallery. Landscapes? And, what do you like to we're, um we're mm-hmm. in our sixth year at the Pleasant Ridge Town Center. Pleasant Ridge West, Town Center. Yeah, between, you know, where Bonefish Grill and Bar Louie and Belk is. It's in mm-hmm. that, that area right across from Belk. What's your favorite I do. I do a lot of um, uh, abstract, uh, contemporary and modern art, as well as a lot of Arkansas landmarks, the the Old Mill, Buffalo River, um, the uh, War Eagle Mill up in Rogers, Mm -hmm. Water Wheel. And then I've done a bunch of cityscapes of Little Rock as well. How did you realize that you wanted to pursue painting? Did you wake up I've, one night no, and had a dream, woke up and said, I can do this? I've always, I've always loved art, right? Mm-hmm. And I've always, I think art has a beautiful place in people's lives and in their homes. Are you a collector? I, ha- I have a number of my pieces in my home, but I also have some other uh, artists' works mm-hmm. in my home. Um, but what I would do is I have a, I have a brother in San Diego, a sister in Vail, Colorado, a brother in Atlanta, a sister in Williamsburg. And when I would go visit, I would go to these galleries. Like I would go out to San Diego and my brother and I would go up to La Jolla and go into some of these galleries. And I would look at this really beautiful abstract and then I would look at this price and it was like $98,000 for that. I can do that, but I couldn't, right? I couldn't. And I knew that, but I knew that I... I wanted to try, and mm-hmm. that's when I had to. I, I decided to begin to take lessons. It looks easier. Abstracts are rather hard. Yeah, it looks easier than it is. People are like, "I could do that," and I'm like, "No, you can't get the balance. You can't get the color. Mm-hmm. You can't get your abstract eye to follow." It, I love dif- abstract. Yeah, it's difficult to do. I want to tell everybody that you're listening to "Up in Your Business" with me, Carrie McCoy, and that I'm speaking today with retired chief meteorologist and weatherman, artist, and pianist Ned Permy. Super talented at everything he does. <laughs> I know just enough to be dangerous, Carrie. That's about it. Were you, were you ever late for work when you're on the six o'clock news? What happens if you're late? 
Uh, no, you can't be late for Have work. Have you ever been late for work? No. Oh, so well, I would go in. Years. I would go in late, but you understand we would go in and we have a lot of work to do in the afternoon before the show. So no, I wouldn't. I just don't show up at six o'clock and go on the air. Mm-hmm. We don't have other people that do that work for us. We mm-hmm. have to do it all of ourselves. So, uh, are you starting to think about what your legacy in Arkansas is going to be? I just, um, I really haven't thought that much about it. I just. Uh, Hope people think that I'm. I did a good job, and uh, I got them through some rough times and some rough weather. And I bet you saved some lives. I, you know, in retrospect, I think all the meteorologists on TV helped save lives. And so, the thing too. that's so terrible is that when they have to go on with these tornado warnings, and there are more tornado warnings now than ever before because the technology has improved so much that they can see tiny little tornadoes, and they have to issue a warning. And they have to go on, mm-hmm. you know, and they probably know that it's not a very, you know, popular, big, not a big deal tornado. Oh. But people at home don't know that. They just hear the word tornado and they think it's a huge, uh, you know, storm moving through, destroying life and property. And Well, I just think it's not very popular when you're watching a show and somebody comes on to talk about a tiny tornado that's not in your area. Well, that's the, what I thought you were going to say. Well, we get or they get. Um, a lot of grief from people because yeah, they like, have to go on. But it's part of the job. That's who part shot of what JR? We do. I mean, you that's know. part of what, that's really part of our, that's the main focus of our job. That's or, right. Of their jobs as well. That's right. And that's why they have to go on. And when we have severe weather, it could be just one tornado or it could be an outbreak like ni- 1999 in January. We had 57 tornadoes in one day in Arkansas, you know. So it's amazing. Your news director at KATV said this about you and i quote ned's legacy spans generations he's completed his career as the state's most experienced television meteorologist and one of arkansas's most beloved tv personalities and then your anchorman chris may said tweeted he's he's the speaking about you he's the single most important and impactful figure in the history of arkansas broadcasting oh my goodness you know I don't that? deserve that. You're right <laughs> but up there I with, truly appreciate it very, very much. You're right up there with Paul Eels. You're right up there with a Paul wonderful, Eels. He was such a wonderful guy, too. Mm-hmm. He's been gone since 2006. You're an influencer, <laughs> they call you today. Here's your gift. I'm going to have to give you another flag. That's the Arkansas, the U.S., and the Alabama desk set. I'm going to have to go back to the office and mail you the Ohio. I didn't realize you were from Ohio. But oh, I'm, that's okay. I no? don't tell very many people that. Uh, we, I want to thank all of our listeners who have been listening for joining us today. Uh, Ned, thanks again for joining thank me. You. I've thank really so enjoyed it. For those listeners who might have a great entrepreneurial story they'd like to share, send a brief bio and your contact info to Carrie at flagandbanner.com and someone will be in touch. And to all, thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it Whatever it is will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio, and choose today's guest. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Subscribe to podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal? To help you 
Live the American dream.